Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. Before we get started today, I want to wish one of our biggest fans a very happy birthday. To my mom, the lifeline of our entire family, I love you, mom. Happy birthday. If you're a fan of The Missing Chapter, you may recognize the title of today's episode. If you're a newbie to all things Missing Chapter, well, welcome to part two of the Crazy Bird campaign from another bird brain dictator. This time, it's not Kim Jong-un from North Korea, like we talked about in episode 31 of our first season. Although the stories are eerily similar, we're focused on Mao Zedong from China. And Mao's first order of business? A violent campaign. A declaration of war, even. Against a threat to his authoritarian regime. What was that threat, you ask? Well, it wasn't the expansion of an imperialist nation or a rising threat on his borders. It was against birds. You heard me right birds. Why would anyone, especially a feared authoritarian leader, make such an odd declaration? Why don't you grab some coffee, take some guesses, and get some answers on this episode of The Missing Chapter. Over the last two seasons, we've enjoyed bringing unknown stories from history to you every weekend. Now it's your turn to bring a story to us. Every town in every corner of the world has a story, and its history is our history. Tell us the story about your hometown and what makes it special or unique. We're calling it Hometown History. Who or what is your town known for? Tell us your hometown story either in an email or a voice message from our Facebook page. Phil and I will choose one hometown's history to research and profile in a full episode of Season 3 of The Missing Chapter. And we'll contact you to be a part of it. Every hometown has a story. The next chapter we add to the history textbooks could be yours. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Missing Chapter podcast. I'm Phil Hornder here with Phil Schaff. Before we get to today's story, and we're, Phil, revisiting one of the more popular episodes that that we recorded from season one. I'll get to that in just a moment. We brewed one of our classics, one of our favorites today, uh, Utica Coffee Roasting Company's Adirondack Blueberry. And we knew that as soon as we walked in the room that that's what we were going with. And the aroma, it's I think it's one of the most recognizable smells of any of the coffees they produce. And it's really it's one of our favorites. Absolutely. We really enjoy it. So season one, episode 31, A Strange yep. Bird. Um, we talked about North Korea. We tied in some current events uh, for last year. And 
I think people really liked it. We've, by last check, had over 830 downloads of that particular episode. So we're going to do almost like a sequel today, a follow-up with a new twist on it. Yes. And I think people, if they enjoyed that first one, they'll certainly enjoy this one. And if you're new to both, I think you will listen to this maybe and then want to go back and listen to the first one. And ironically enough, almost to the to the day, a year uh, away from from when that aired, uh, in April 24th, 2021. So this one, as you said, is a little bit of a different twist. But uh, when I stumbled upon this story, um, did some extra research, like we always say, it's you, you go down that rabbit hole and it, it was mind boggling. And, and of course, it has a interesting twist at the end, um, a current tie to some some events that are taking place in Asia right now. Um, but yeah, instead of North Korea, we're headed to China. So let's go right to 1958 China, when Chairman Mao Zedong launches a campaign, The Great Leap Forward. Now, this is a, a highly talked about topic in our classes, Phil. Yep. Um, for those of you that are out of state, New York State has has standardized tests called the Regents Exam. Uh, and the Regents Exam has, has had a lot of Mao in the past few years. So we do like to cover it in, to, uh, quite extensively anyway. So one of the things, for those of you that don't know what the Great Leap Forward is, it's, it's to transform Chinese agriculture. Um, very similar to, to Stalin's five-year plans. This is a, a massive social economic campaign that, I mean, among any, many other things, turns farming into a, basically a collective state-sponsored activity. Uh, individual private farming was banned as part of China's transformation into a communist system. And, you know, like Stalin's five-year plan, same kind of almost utopian goals, but certainly similar outcomes, millions end up perishing as a result. Now, this is where it gets crazy. One of Mao's first plans is to declare war. On what? Sparrows. He said it's considered China's public enemy. He said the sparrows were eating their grain, and yes, they, they definitely were. But in typical Mao fashion, he doesn't just want to fix the problem. He wants to end sparrows as a species altogether. And it's, I mean, listen, any, any ridiculous dictator is going to go at some of these problems and tackle it in ways that no one else on the planet would. Right. And this is, this is typical. And just the fashion. concept. I mean, as right. you're listening, and we're just starting this, to go after <laughs> sparrows. Yes. A bird that's so prevalent, you know, where we are in upstate New York. Um, but how many times you don't think of sparrows? No. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just a regular part of, you know, where we are. This would be very similar, obviously, on a different scale here, though. You have a, you have gardens at home mm -hmm. and having, you know, rabbits coming in. And, True. And, and you, instead of just ending the rabbit problem on your property, right. let's, end, let's end the species of rabbits, right? So it, it, this campaign, I know, is as ridiculous as, as it is. It's, it's part of the broader four pests campaign, hmm. uh, which also targeted rats, flies, and mosquitoes, all with the aim of improving human hygiene, because that was one of the things that, that the Great Leap Forward really wanted Interesting. Um, under Mao. So he forces, this is crazy, he enforces entire communities to bang pots and pans together, uh, drum cymbals, and wave flags so the birds drop out of the sky from exhaustion. And then they end up killing the, the birds uh, once they land. It's the Kill Sparrows campaign. So what this does is it leaves one billion, with a B, birds dead. One billion birds dead. But just as any of these outlandish, crazy plans, this has unintended consequences. Sparrows prey on locusts. Now, of course, when you mess with nature, sometimes nature gets even. Right. Locusts in biblical nature 
feast on everything in sight in China. And many historians believe this is one of the driving factors of the Great Famine in China, which, which historians have, have talked uh, in great detail about. Four years after the Kill Sparrows campaign, we have 45 million people in China starving to death. Uh, cannibalism mm. takes place within the survivors. And the behavior gets so awful with thousands of people murdered uh, for food uh, or for speaking out against the government that the topic of what has become known as the Great Famine kind of remains taboo in Chinese culture. Here we are more than 50 years later. But perhaps more the, the most tragic aspect is that, you know, obviously most of these deaths are just completely unnecessary. Um, but the fields were empty because of all the locusts eating all the, the, the food. Massive grain warehouses. This is sickening. Massive grain warehouses held enough food to feed the entire country, but the government never released it. So once Mao realized that the sparrows were having an impact on the food supply, he changed the campaign from sparrows to bedbugs, leaving the other three pests as part of the, the four pest campaign. But the Great Leap Forward campaign ends in 1962, and with it, so did the four pests. Okay, so we go through this this history lesson here. Um, and the, the four pest campaign is part of the Great Leap Forward. You have, you know, estimates of 45 million perishing um, just from the famine alone. Some estimates are saying in totality, especially with, with some of his uh, purging uh, of certain cultures throughout China, that estimates are upwards of 80 million people right. under Mao. Uh, perishing either from famine or from his purges. Right. And that makes sense, Phil, because I mean, you're not keeping records of this. You know, we always tell the kids, you know, forced famines, that's that's a very quick way to kill a very large amount of people. Absolutely. Um, it's always interesting to me with all the problems facing these communist countries, whether it's China or North Korea, the ones they, they want to focus on and then the crazy ways they come up with trying to deal with Oh, them. yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, it's it's a food shortage, so we're going to raise ostriches, and we're going to require them. They, they're going to have to wear sweaters. I mean, that was one of the things you touched on in the yep. first uh, episode you did. But here we have sparrows being an issue, and the, the solution to this, bang pots and pans so that they die from exhaustion. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I, – I have a difficult time comprehending where these solutions, quote-unquote, even – originate from well and, and who then, comes up with these ideas exactly and then these unintended consequences you know a billion a billion birds die but then the locusts come forward now the, the problem isn't going to just go away mm -hmm. so you they chinese the chinese farmers still have locust problems now this is where we start getting a little more current fast forward to 1998 the chinese government revives a new version of the four pest campaign okay okay so we're, we're talking a little over 20 years ago posters were seen in beijing uh, at the Southwest Agricultural University, urging citizens to kill the four pests, which now are considered rats, flies, mosquitoes, and cockroaches. The campaign wasn't as successful, given that people had already been killing these insects before the posters were hung. But needless to say, they, they're trying to revive it. Today, though, farmers in the area have come up with another pun intended bird brain idea. Mm -hmm. All right. But this time it's utilizing nature rather than trying to kill nature. So here's what they've done. They've mobilized an army of chickens and ducks. They love locusts. Makes sense. It does make sense. They're training birds and ducks to respond to a whistle. And when they hear it, they go running out of their, out of their uh, containments and going into fields looking for dinner. To the extent 
that 600 locusts every day per bird have been eaten. They reduced the locust population by 75%. So, I mean, as, as crazy as this campaign is, and you're, you're spending millions of dollars, I guess that's one way. I mean, chickens and birds are happy, you know, uh, and ducks and it, are happy. It worked. But, and it worked. And it was working. Right, right. So I guess the food shortages have have gone down significantly, obviously, because of the, the locust problem. And uh, China right now has a bunch of happy chickens and birds. But I think after the break, we're going to talk about the importance of not just this idea, but more so the location of this weird phenomenon. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, we're back at the Missing Chapter podcast. Phil, you know, it's interesting. You hear these stories from varying corners of the world. And you, you know, you, you apply it to where we are and things I think that are similar. You know, we think about like the ticks that we have every spring yep. and, and some of the animals that are, are kind of like natural enemies to ticks, chickens included. Right. Um, and I also thought of like a, a story that I read not too long ago about how scientists reintroduced the gray wolf to areas of the United States in, in uh, out west, Colorado, Wyoming, and really how that that one animal alone rebalanced everything else plants that hadn't yeah. been around because you know the the populations from what wolves eat was regulated by the wolves mm-hmm. and how that one species really did that for everything everything yeah. else and and the impact that it had and that's kind of where my mind went during your story but um i know you've got some other good stuff for us yeah it, it, it's i just think sometimes when when humans try to mess with nature especially some some dictators who think they're above nature, right? Mm-hmm. They can they can start messing with it. Then nature gets even, gets revenge. Now, very similar to the other strange bird episode. Uh, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who, who hasn't listened to that yet. But satellite images showing you know the obsessively straight buildings um, in China and North Korea. Uh, we thought were military, but of course in North Korea those were ostrich farms. Well, this is this is the exact opposite. What we thought were chicken and duck farms. Satellite images are showing something completely different. So in the area that it's uh, that all these you know chicken and duck farms are located are these very, very obsessively straight and organized buildings. And at first, most people are like, oh, yeah, that's where the uh, anti-locust campaign is taking place. But it's much, much different. So here we are. Um, these are uh, military operatives looked at satellite imagery of this area. Uh, where where these locust problems were, and many thought the buildings were just you know the large duck and chicken farms. But this is something. There's something odd about these images. Ex CIA operatives have eyewitness reports of people walking into these buildings and never being seen again. And we're talking hundreds, not just a few, but hundreds. The area where these obsessively straight buildings are located, right in the heart. Ready of the Uyghur region. The Uyghur region, okay. So now we're getting into current events here. 
The Chinese government right now is estimated to have relocated 10 million Chinese to push out the weaker people. So what these buildings are, very similar to Stalin's gulags and Pol Pot's, you know, re-education centers in Cambodia, people are imprisoned here um, and they're considered threats to the Chinese government and they're called, quote, students. Some are shackled 12 hours a day. Some are waterboarded even. Oh, wow. Analysts think that over 1 million people are being held currently in camps like the one they thought were chicken and duck farms. But dozens of these camps exist throughout China. And obviously, you know, with, with the extent that we, we know our history, this doesn't look too good. Right. Um, so taking the strange bird part one, we looked at these things and thought it was military and realized it wasn't. Now we're going strange bird part two. It's the exact opposite. What we think was very innocent is now not so innocent at all. Um, as one military journalist, Carlo Munoz, wrote, re-education camps devolve into prisons. And from prisons, they devolve into something much darker. We've seen this play out throughout history, and it never ends well. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, I'm Phil Horander. And I'm Phil Schaff. Another chapter has been added to the history textbooks. <laughs>